You're listening to The Self-Worth Circle, hosted by Julie Haxel and Eva Eslander. We are here to remind you to raise your self-worth and wear your invisible crown. It's time. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to The Self-Worth Circle. What is up? So today we're very, very excited about our guest. We have uh, Evelina Holm here today. She is not only a yoga teacher, a yogini, but she's also an Ayurvedic practitioner. Welcome Evelina or Eve to our show. Thank you so much. It's nice to be here. We're so happy to have you. How are you doing today? I'm good. A little bit nervous, of course. Us every single time we (laughs) (laughs) push the record button. Yeah. Palms are getting sweaty. Even if I today opted out from the coffee, I'm like still having sweaty palms. Just like always kind of get the nerves, but it's good. Good kind of nervous feeling. Um, So today we're going to dive into the world of Ayurveda. Um, Some of you might be familiar with it. Some of you probably think of an Indian spicy food or don't really have any idea of what it's about. So let's just start with the foundation, the basics. Can you, um, Eva, just tell us what is Ayurveda? And what does the, even though, if you know, like what does the word mean? Yeah, well, um, it's a sister science of yoga and um, many, many years old. Some say 3,500 years, some say 12,000 years old. Um, and it's basically a science of life. Um, Ayur means life and Veda means science. So that's, that what it, that's what it means. And, um, Ayurveda gives us instructions, um, how to live a balanced, happy life and to be healthy. Really? That's shortly put, um, very good tools. Uh, old old tradition mm, that I like very much (laughs) when did you uh become or how did you kind of fall into the world of Ayurveda was it through a yoga teacher training or has it always been like an interest of yours when did it really start to call call your name well um it was some years ago, I'd say like six years ago, maybe. That's probably true, more or less. Um, but I had a really bad heartburn, uh, like a really bad. And I, I didn't know where it ca- comes from. It could have been, you know, from sugar or tomatoes or... I don't know. It's just every time I ate something, I got this huge heartburn and, and that could last up to 15 hours. Wow. So I would be up the entire night and not able to work uh, during the daytime as well. So I was on sick leave a lot. And um, I've, I visited some doctors and they unfortunately didn't know how to help me they told me we're not gonna um investigate you know or test run you some tests or anything you're so young you're so healthy it's just heartburn and here here are these pills that you can eat your entire life 
you know, for the rest of your life, eat this and you'll be fine. And I was like, I'm 20, what, 25 or something. And you just want to give, give me these pills for my entire life. What is this? Yeah. And, um, then I talked about this with a family member, Uh, actually my, I think it was my boyfriend's sister that told me that, Hey, um, there's this Ayurvedic doctor that you could see. Uh, and, um, then I went uh, to visit him and it's, it started from there. Uh, obviously I got good results, uh, and I suffer from heartburn very rarely these days. So not at all, almost. And now I know where it comes from. Right. It's very clear to me. It can be food. It can be something else. You know, everything affects the whole body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, your human being or this human being that I am. So, yeah, um, that's how I found it. That's amazing. And I think like, um, because uh, if you think of like heartburn, we don't really, or at least in my own brain, if someone says they suffer from heartburn, I think like, okay, it's like something kind of small that just mm-hmm. comes and goes. But as you said, it can be so big that you can't go to work. Your normal everyday life um, turns fully around and it really affects the person. And it's again, comes down to digestion And uh, yeah, um, I know that, or I've heard on different podcasts about the different doshas Mm. and it's a big part of the Ayurvedic practice, right? So Mm. do you want to cover a little bit about the doshas and yeah. Yeah, sure. There is actually with what I usually like to start with is that um, people think about or think of the doshas that they are only uh, body types, or, you know, I'm pitta, I'm vata, I'm vata pitta, or I'm kapha. And that's not the entire truth about the doshas. I mean, Ayurveda has body types, but the doshas, they have important roles and um, kind of jobs in everybody's body. So there's this concept of three dosha, with, uh, three means obviously three, um, and dosha means a stain. So um, everybody has those three doshas in the body. Um, but some of them are more dominant than others. And um, yeah, so do you want to go through them one by one? Yes, please. <laughs> it would be like a very typical, like just the characteristics of like a vata yeah. person and a pitta person and a kapha person. Okay, so um, if we start with vata, for example, so vata is um, governed by the elements of uh, air and ether, right? So that's how the dosha kind of acts. You can think about those elements. I think they're familiar to you too, at least. I think you've been with the elements a lot. Um, And then um, vata dosha governs movement, all movement in the body. So in my body, in your body, everybody's body, vata dosha is responsible for off movement. Would it also be, can I just interrupt, like the bowel movement? Yeah, Yeah. all movement. All movement, okay. 
Yeah, um, of course, uh, other doshas, they're involved in movement as well. Yeah. But Vata dosha governs that mostly. And um, what else? Um, yeah, so the Vata body type. <laughs> uh, if we get to the like very stereotypical kind of uh, body types, then Vata person would be... Um, either really tiny or pretty tall, um, most likely skinny, uh, bony even, you can you can see the bones, the bony structure, and the bones are most likely fragile, so they could get, uh, they, they could break their bones easily. Does it have to do also with like joint pain, like cracking jo joints? Yeah, that's about the yeah. disorder. Yeah. <laughs> um, and um, what else? They have tiny eyes. Uh, and what, what com what, when it comes to their personalities, they're pretty bubbly, inspiring. They get inspired really easily, active, uh, mobile. And vatas um, tend to start things but they don't necessarily necessarily um finish them <laughs> you know that sounds very familiar <laughs> like, like check check check, check. Oh, man. especially the mind like very very vata here mm. and mm. Uh, is this true also i remember like reading that vata people really have vivid dreams yes yeah i that's <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, anyone could have vivid dreams, but uh, people who uh, who have predominant vata, then most likely, yes. Yeah. Um, vatas don't have very, you know, huge muscles, even though you go to the gym every day. It's like the muscle is the same size all the time. I'm thinking of my brother now. <laughs> He's like super tall, skinny uh, and when he he can eat anything, he mm -hmm. doesn't gain weight. And when he goes to the gym, it really takes an effort from him, for him to build some sort of muscle. And it's like, whoa, if he has gained like one kilo in one month when he has ate like a gorilla and really, really tried. And then he forgets to eat properly for one day and he loses all the... It's ridiculous. It's like crazy. That happens easily. Uh, yeah. Very, very easily with, uh, with Vatas. And what else? They have tiny eyes, tiny lips, um, fragile nails. Uh, dryness is one quality that um, describes Vata dosha very well. It's um, dry, mobile, um, cold. Those are the, the doshas, they have uh, qualities as well. Ayurveda talks about qualities a lot. Yeah. And modern Ayurveda understands that there are 20 gunas, which are qualities. And um, yeah, so for example, like I said, vata dosha is dry, mobile, uh, cold, whereas the other two are something else. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So... And so, like, if someone were to be a predominant Vata person, you don't have to have all the characteristics that you were saying, but you can have a few of them, more like yes. more of them, yeah. 
because you're not entirely made out of right. vata dosha. Yeah. Like I said, everybody has those three. Yeah. Uh, it's just the balance of them. And then, then there is like, we're not now talking more about the prakriti thing. So the kind of body structure um, that you were born with the body energies if one likes to use the word energy then that's what it is about prakriti your 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 uh, nature that you were born with your structure oh i want to dive into that also yeah. a little bit after these yeah and, and then there then there is um the vrikriti thing which is the imbalance but we can talk about yeah more about that later. Should I introduce the second dosha? Yes, <laughs> please. Yes, yes. Well, that's um, that's pitta dosha, and pitta dosha um, in everybody's body is responsible for um, the metabolism. So, mm. digestion, sweating, different kinds of. Of, what of we're things. doing right now. <laughs> yeah, sweating. <laughs> Having a pitta situation here. <laughs> yeah, pittas sweat a lot, by the way. <laughs> so Villa, hello, hello. And I'm almost like, that's, I have that too, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, take. Yeah. 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 Anyway, so, sorry, uh, keep going. <laughs> <you're> like, uh, <laughs> and what else about the dosha? Um, well, the qualities of pitta dosha are, for example, sharp. Um, hot and um, somewhat moist as well so but I would say like sharp and hot if you want to remember something maybe those are the two ones to uh, remember and the element the element is fire and water but we talk more about fire to like really distinguish that dosha from the third one so what's your kind of like, cause I've, you know, when I've read about Ayurveda or the different doshas and, or when you like quickly Google like three doshas, you get usually images, you get like for the Vata, you get like a fair skinned, blonde, you know, skinny person. Mm-hmm. And then for, um, the Pita that we're talking about right now, you usually get like a ginger head with freckles Mm -hmm. and then the kapha, you get like a a darker skin, like olive skinned, um, browned eye, like huge eyes and a little bit maybe sluggish on the heavier side. Mm -hmm. What's your kind of view or take on characterizing these doshas according to like the the exterior like these like hair color and and skin tone and all that like how do you see that well I think it's pretty difficult like to say that all the vatas are blonde hair it's (laughs) no (laughs) it's it's uh the thing that uh, we we can find in google they're like very simplified yeah very very simplified and if that's all that we learn from Ayurveda, then we've, I'm pretty a straightforward person. So I'll say, then we've gotten it all wrong. Sorry. Yeah. And <laughs> I also think all. like in the society that we live in, we want to be able to label and put people in boxes. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. the problem. That's, that's a huge problem. That's Maybe it's just like, kind of like the simplified version for people to understand the different types, oh. just with anything else. Like the simplified, but yeah, it's interesting how they are always portrayed in these, like the blonde, the, the ginger head, and then the, the brown, you know, it's just like always the stereotypical, like when you look at Ayurveda, 
I mean, if you just do now like a quick Google, like that's what you get. It's yeah. Interesting how that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also about the quizzes that there are on the internet. They're good to kind of give you direction, but to really learn about your, like I said earlier, prakriti, uh, so your nature, your constitution, you need to do a lot of more work than just one quiz on the internet. I'm sorry. (laughs) So listeners, the Facebook quiz is not enough. (laughs) I mean, it's a good thing. Just do it, but... It's an introduction more too. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's continue with the pita, yeah. like maybe body type and mind, mind characteristics. Yeah. So maybe um, if I would describe the kind of outer characteristics of pita, it would be medium sized, um, can build muscles quite easily. So if you go to the gym, people really can see that really you've been it. to the gym. Uh, it's like pita one hundred. Yeah. Vila is pita 100%. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. And, um, and what else? Uh, they can have, they have le- really sharp eyes usually. So if you look a pita person into the eyes, you can really see that, okay, this gaze is piercing, <laughs> like straight in the eye. Mm, and um, the freckles, well, yeah, sure. Red hair, blonde hair, it could be black hair, like I said, um, usually straight hair. And pitas also tend to sometimes get bald early, so they lose their hair, hair um, might lose their hair early on. And um, yeah, um, when it comes to the mind, they are pretty uh, straightforward, can be the perfectionist type you know everything needs to be done on time and perfectly and um that's that that's what else let me think i've heard that they can be like easily agitated and irritated yes because of the fire yes i always try to save that passionate last <laughs> they're passionate that's right but they can get irritated really quickly and but they calm down quickly as well yeah, but they drive themselves over the limits with the perfectionism, and so <laughs> I was just gonna say a silly comment about the passionate, passionate. Let like, it out. Please. No, no, no. <laughs> the lover dosha. <laughs> that's actually that's that's quite good. I'm like starting to think about uh, Italian men, like amore. That's the Latin lover. Latin, also Latin lover, yeah. And with Eva, we know about Latins, right? Yeah, there's some experience. <laughs> <laughs> good. <laughs> so yeah, but the, that's for another episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not the topic topic of this one. Um, yeah, but that's that's pita pretty much, and yeah, I, I always I like to tell a jogging story uh, about the doshas, but let's take it after kapha. Yeah, and then you can I would say yeah. after kapha. I think I learned, I heard this somewhere, and it's a good story. And yeah. now it's just it's a good story. So let's move on to kapha, right? Yes. The last of the doshas. So kapha is the element of earth and water we mostly speak about earth or not well earth and water let's say and 
Kapha governs uh, structure in the body, growth, for example, and moisturizes the tissues. So that's kind of Kapha's area of expertise in all of our bodies. And if you're a Kapha type, then you are most like you have maybe strong bones so could be big bones you are uh, perhaps bigger taller than uh, other others and if you go to the gym I don't know what I'm talking about the gym so much today I don't even <laughs> go to the gym like <laughs> but if you if, if a coffee type goes to the gym you don't need to you need to like lift away two times and then you're like Poof. <laughs> very muscular so they can uh, build their muscles easily but they can also gain fat very easily so if they don't go to the gym mm, some extra weight can be can build up so like stagnation stagnation yes uh slowish sluggish yeah. kind of thing are they sleepy very sleepy okay you're talking about my boyfriend right now <laughs> <laughs> it's like they he's huge yeah like he's so tall and like he's super muscular and tall and yeah i mean everything even just when you said the word structure i'm like yep like yeah. just resonating hard yeah sometimes you don't need to say it one word is enough you know it's I think it's nice. And the mind. And the mind kapha. of kapha. Well, the qualities actually that describe kapha pretty well are, are um, slow, uh, wet, cold. So kapha is cold as, uh, as well. I'd say cooler than, than vata. Vata is really cold and kapha is kind of cool. Yeah. Not cold. Um, but yeah, the... The mind of Kafa is, well, slow as, as well. They don't learn things so fastly, but once they kind of learn and understand whatever it is, they can remember it forever, forever, like a long time. Whereas Vata, for example, like myself, can pick up things pretty quickly. And then when you ask them about it, like Oof, a week it's later, <laughs> it's like... I have no idea what you're talking about, or I do remember some parts, but no. <laughs> what about the word? I don't know if where this came from. Might be just like a. What are they traditional? Would you say like conventional? I'm just thinking like the kappa people. Mm -hmm. Like I'm because I'm thinking about like the structure and kind of like that earth element. So mm -hmm. it just made me think of like traditions. Or can you even? Think about those traits for the doshas. Well, I, don't, I, I think anyone can be traditional or, or um, but I would say when it comes to the personality of or the qualities of mind, of kapha, I'd say maybe more like calming. They're calming and very loving. Uh, I feel like your speech change to coffee yeah it's like coffee. calming and nurturing the care i need coffee well, more maybe yeah maybe well, every yeah every like ayurvedic 
consultant I meet, they're like, you need more of ojas and kaffa. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yes, I may. What a bit the type. Mm. Yeah. You need more fat and you need more of this. And the, oh, yeah, but kaffa, ah. Oh. I love it. When you, Kaffa has big eyes, calming eyes. They can um, have curly hair. They have cool skin. Um, it's beautiful to look at them in the eye because they are really calming. And yeah, they, yeah, calming. What, what else? They, they sleep, yes. So that's a problem for them. <laughs> uh, like a lot, like too much. You know, when you yeah, when you sleep for 10 hours or yeah, 12 hours. Get sluggish. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's true. So that's pretty much... Should I t- tell the jogging story? Yes, please. Okay. This describes the doshas pretty well or, or the body types. So if Vata, Pitta and Kapha are seated on the couch and Vata pops up a question, should we go for a run? You know, that's Vata suggesting because... Um, the Vata person is inspiring and, you know, always comes up with good ideas. And well, then, of course, they're like, yeah, well, should we go? Yeah. And Vata is already uh, in the uh, hallway going and Pitta is getting ready. Kaffa is not going for the run. <laughs> like, no. Kaffa didn't make it out of the couch. Pitta won the entire thing, came to the... <laughs> goal first or to the finish line first and Vata well I don't know went to the forest in the meantime like started the run and then got lost in the forest yeah got distracted that's the right word yeah wow so that's like that's how you can think of the doshas as well okay but you know if you're a coffee type it's not that yeah it's not that you cannot get yourself up from the couch it's just it's it might be harder yeah. So that's how you get graceful and mer- kind of, uh, that's how you get kind towards yourself or more kindness yeah. for you. Mm. Understanding. It's understanding and compassion also. Yeah. And like, I feel like I have a lot of vata and kapha, um, mostly vata, but uh, I have, when I get too stagnant mm-hmm. or too coffic. It's I can go like for a week without doing anything and just like it kind of it's about finding the balance between and dancing between the, th- the three of these, I guess. Yeah. And I think just listening to you that I I would really benefit some from some more pita uh to actually like go but do, if you start something uh finish it or yeah <laughs> like um for instance when I I work out I don't sweat a lot mm. and it's like disturbing how if we go for a run with my my boyfriend he's like the sweaty pita <laughs> and I'm like nothing and it's annoying sometimes because I really enjoy sweating I do sweat if, if I'm in a really hot climate but not in the same way as he mm. so this is really interesting actually that is, yeah. And the doshas actually, it's it's good to know they're not only predominant in the in the body or present in the body, they're present everywhere. So in the seasons, in the times of the 
uh, day. So, for example, right now we're kind of living the coffee time still, even though we're going more towards pita time, which is the summer. And the springtime is coffee time. So there are more coffee imbalances in the springtime and more pita imbalance in summertime and during fall, winter, more vata imbalances. Okay. Yeah. So what about like, you already mentioned um, that you had heartburn and then how you've used Ayurveda to, to treat that. But like, how else can you say that it has helped you on your journey in, in wellness? Like how, how do you use Ayurveda? Well, I use it a lot. Ayurveda is such a wide science of, oof, it's, it's, it's a very good uh, tool if you, if one likes to use that word. But um, there is this term in Ayurveda, which is called Dinacharya, and that's, that's um, like the rhythm for the day or the 24 hours that you're living. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And that I use pretty much on a daily basis. I've kind of adopted to that way of life. I'm a huge fan of rhythms and um, a certain kind of structure because structure as well gives you freedom. And, um, and I like routines, even though not too much. Um, yeah. So the Dinacharya gives you basically instruction is a bad word, I think, but let's, let's use that guideline would be probably better. So I wake up in the early hours of, of the morning could be Ayurveda tells you to wake up around six, around sunrise, but I think... Is that for everyone or just for like your specific dosha? That's pretty much for everyone because at 6 a.m. Uh, the time switches to kapha time. So from 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. that's vata time, the movement time. So it's a good uh, idea to get up then. But here in Finland, we have uh, a little bit different, um, <laughs> how do With I like say? the times and uh, the darkness yeah. and yeah. The, I mean, summers and winters are pretty tough if you're tough. supposed to live according to Ayurvedic sunrise and mm-hmm. Ayurvedic um, sunset because summers are basically light 24-7 and then we have the... I'm going to say like three month darkness. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Or is it longer? I feel like I escaped part of it. So I don't even know. But yeah. It's a a long time of darkness. But Uh, if one were to want to follow this cycle guidelines, how would you live according to Dina Charya? Yeah, Dina Charya. Well, wake up early-ish. The way... when you feel comfortable, that's how I do it. And this, of course, requires you to go to sleep early. So <laughs> if you want to wake up early, well, you probably should be in bed early as well. 
But um, I sleep well and then I wake up early. And what Ayurveda kind of recommends you to do is to uh, have a gratitude practice or do some affirmations in the morning, you know, whatever that is. I usually do the gratefulness thing that I'm grateful for, um, that I'm breathing or that I can hear the birds singing or I can see that the sun is shining already or something like that. Or that it could be I'm good enough or I'm, I don't know, I'm beautiful or something like that. So just affirmations in the morning and then go to the toilet, clean up. Ayurveda is huge on clean, you know, <laughs> getting clean. <laughs> um, so brush your teeth, scrape your tongue. What about oil pulling? Yes, do that as well. And there are recommended oils for recommended uh, certain um, body types as well. Okay. Yeah. I'm just going to open that up to our listeners because they're like, what is oil pulling? You can't pull oil. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> so basically oil pu pulling is a practice where you swirl around or you swish in your mouth um, some sort of oil. For instance, I use coconut oil and you, you're supposed to sw swirl it around your mouth. Through your feet. Yeah, pulling through your gums, your, your teeth, everything for 20 minutes. And that's a long time. And I do have to say that I never, I'm very rarely able to do it for 20 minutes, like 10 minutes Can to I? 15. And then you are supposed to spit it out. And this is like super healthy for your, your teeth and your, your, your oral health. And also it's said to like bleach your teeth. And in Ayurveda, correct me if I'm wrong, because they say like in your mouth is where everything really starts. And mm -hmm. that's why it's such a great practice. And this is maybe one of the Ayurvedic practices that I've been like, even like now thinking about, it's like without me being aware of it, but this is a practice that I do that's Ayurveda, even though I'm not like super, like I don't have the same knowledge and wisdom yeah. that you do, but this is still something that I've, I've had. It's actually also something that I, I, I was thought in the Philippines when I was at the detox center and they also told me that the way that body you can maybe just if this is I don't know if this is right or wrong but when the body eliminates toxins it pushes it down towards your the, the big uh, Jesus Christ what large, is the, the large, large intestine, intestine yeah. and also up so all the toxins that when you wake up that's why you have like a shitty breath in the morning and if you go and drink water you just like swallow all of the toxins again that's correct yay that's i'm so happy you said it it's very important to uh clean your mouth your teeth your tongue your gums uh do the oil pulling um before you you know drink your morning water because you're gonna t drink all the toxins in <laughs> Again, if you do that, oh. of course. And is it true that do we have to do it for 20 minutes? I'm like, 20 minutes is such a long time. I actually do it while I'm showering. So I like, I do it, it takes yeah, up a lot. Yeah. It eases it a little bit. Yeah. Okay, what about like... If you 10 don't minutes? <laughs> well, I do it for, I do it for 10 to 15 minutes. Um, and uh, whenever I visit the de dentist, they're like, how is your mouth in such a good condition? Like there are no, what is going on here? Even though I don't visit the dentist so often. I should. 
Why, what kind of oil do you use? I use coconut oil. What do you recommend for the different doshas? Uh, well, coconut oil is good. For uh, all of them? Yeah, yeah, sesame oil can be used as well. I mean, sesame oil is good as well. Coconut oil is cooling. Yeah. So for, you know, vata could be too cooling, but check it out for yourself. Yeah. Okay. That's how I But not it. like olive oil. <laughs> Or mm, well, I mean, butter. <laughs> I've, I've never. <laughs> well, ghee is used for everything in Ayurveda, but I, I would say um, stick to sesame or coconut oil for this. I've, I don't know, maybe some Ayurvedic consultant uh, could comment on the pistachio oil if you want to be luxurious. <laughs> That's so crazy. <laughs> Sorry, Julia. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know where we were. Like the morning rich yeah. routines, we were morning, like your, in your, your, your practice, my practice. Yeah. yeah, this is so. Then I, of course, after I've and I go to the toilet as well. I already likes to talk about the poop and the pee a lot. So. There. I want to touch on that a little. Yeah. I think like this tool is <laughs> really important. Do you want to touch on that? Just yeah. <laughs> Sorry. What's happening here? Yeah. We were like laughing like three years old. Yeah. <laughs> Poopa. No, poop is, poop is good. Poop yeah. talk. But you know, you can see, you cannot see inside your, your uh, organs. You cannot see your organs uh, on the inside. So we need to examine other things. And that's why the... <clears throat> Uh, waste product our body gives us is so important because yeah that's that's how we know what's going on with the body right actually i have a question while we're talking about this and i'm I'm just gonna go there um yeah. <laughs> with the poop talk because mm -hmm. i have read that your poop is supposed to float is this true <laughs> yeah well kind of i'm 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 pretty cautious about like yes and no, right or wrong, should be or shouldn't, uh, with the words like that. But let's I already says that the poop should kind of yeah, float. Not immediately, but yeah. Should be floating at one point. And then shape uh the shape it, uh should be like uh a banana shape and color uh this you know, regular brownish uh, color. Yeah. So if the poop is yellow or red or green, visit the doctor immediately. Because um, then something is really wrong unless you've eaten uh, beets or yeah. who knows. Uh, and the pee as well. Well, we've learned this actually. I, I've, I've seen that there are on some airports, there are like signs that if your pee is too dark yellow, you're dehydrated. So that's true. So the pee should be um, normal yellowish color, not too light, not too light. So not kind of watercolored. I heard champagne color from someone. Well, that's beautifully put. I like it. <laughs> So yeah, you're more. very luxurious. Today. Yeah, <laughs> you're like with the pistachio oil and, uh, and the champagne, champagne pee. pee. It's like wow, really channeling that Lakshmi, goddess of abundance here. Yes. <laughs> so, hmm. so that's 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 well put. Not too dark champagne though. 
Because you're not supposed to drink too much water either. Yeah. Because that's not healthy. No, that actually uh, kind of takes the flames of Agni uh, down. So Agni is the digestive. Is Agni? Agni is the ti- digestive uh, fire or the fire of your metabolism. Metabolism. That's such a hard word in English. Um, metabolism. But yeah, I mean, uh, Agni is that responsible of transferring everything it's not just the food but also emotions as well okay. and everything on a daily basis so how do you process how you yeah. uh, transition things in your body so if you drink too much water or if you drink a lot of water before your meal that will take the flames the fire of the agni down right. and then you cannot really i mean nothing You might have some digestion issues after that if the agni is not okay. And it's recommended to drink room temperature, room temperature, room temperature water. water. Jesus yes. Christ, that was yeah. hard. Because well, it's the same reason. Yeah, ice cold water is not good for your agni. That's the Ayurvedic thing, or how you would put it according to Ayurveda. It will take the flame of the agni. The, two down yeah like would it would it so wait so are you saying that if you drink like i'm just asking for a friend here Mm -hmm. (laughs) from my boyfriend actually because he so he's kapha dominant Mm -hmm. right and he loves ice cold water and i'm always telling him like hey you know that's not good for you that's not good for you And, and, but he still like insists on having like super ice, ice cold water, like, mm. or any beverage that he's drinking needs to be like super cold. So you're saying like, that's no bueno. Yeah. No bueno. <laughs> It's, I mean, he can keep on doing that. Of course. It's fine. But sooner or later, there will be some symptoms, most likely. Um... And of course, if we have the wisdom, then we maybe change that, even warm it up just a little bit. Like, what about like, so the water, um, like as you're having a meal, would you recommend like drinking after the meal, during the meal, or you said not to drink a lot before, but what's like the kind of in Ayurveda, what do, what's the recommendation with water intake during a meal? meal? Well, if we think about this stomach, Ayurveda thinks that it's good to divide it in three parts. One part is the meal. One part is the liquid, the water. And the third part is um, empty space. So... Drink during the meal as well. Some people advise you to drink after the meal. Uh, drink during the meal. I mean, drink during and after the meal. The appropriate amount. And sooner or later, your body will tell you what's the appropriate amount. When you start to get more balanced, you will understand the appropriate amount you know if you drink too much you get kind of bloated and it's like oh the digestion just stopped so that's how you know as well 
And by the way, I forgot to say that why is it bad that if a kapha type who's probably who probably has a kapha imbalance already um, drinks cold water, it's because in Ayurveda we have this principle or yeah principle that like increases like. So the same kind of qualities, whether it's the air outside or the weather outside or the food or the drinks that I drink, um, if they have the same qualities that I already have, they will increase each other and cause imbalance. So that was the case for me. For example, when I was in Mexico, I ate a lot of, you know, spicy food. That's all that there is. And there's a lot of tequila and stuff there. So of course I was suffering because I had heat, I had uh, acids in my body already. So that's why when I, when you eat too much, the same stuff you have, it's, it's going to cause an imbalance. So that's why. But very interesting. It is. So what other practices do you then have? Like if we continue yeah, on yeah, from continue. the day. From the day. Well, when then I uh, actually move. So movement is pretty important in Ayurveda as well. And they, of course... In the morning. Yeah, they recommend to do that in the morning or it How is recommended. Early? Well, between 6 and 10 a.m. usually. Okay. So during kapha time, it's good. To get the kaphic energy yeah. going a little or earlier than 10 actually because then you after that you should be of course eating your breakfast okay yeah but they're not uh, ayurveda has of course these guidelines but then you can adapt them in your yeah, own way maybe i mean it the key is to get the keys or the yeah the key of your own health kind of into your own hand again and unlock the health yourself yeah um so you can do some modifications that's at least that's my perspective yeah. but uh, then i i move yoga for me of course uh, and or early morning walks and then meditation pranayama whatever kind of practice you have um then breakfast it's very important and cleaning again, of course, I go to the shower after. I do my oil pulling actually in the shower as well. And then I work during pitta time. So during uh, between 10 and 2 p.m., 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. Yeah, uh, that's pitta time. So then it's good to work and do things that need pitta power, you know, the fire and it's good to also eat during that time, your largest meal of the day around noon, because that's when the agony flame it burns uh, highest or most powerfully yeah. uh, of the day. So eat your largest meal around noon. So I got to say, I have, I think, some sort of imbalance. I hate to eat breakfast because that makes me feel super tired and mm. sluggish. Um, I eat my first meal around 1 or 2 p.m. and that's pretty like something light again because my apparently my digestion is not 
very fast and it sits there for a long time. And then towards the end of the day, maybe around six, seven, I like to have like a big carb loaded meal that puts me to sleep. <laughs> yeah, that could be recognized as imbalance. Yeah. Uh, so maybe could... try to like switch it up to something like yeah. a small meal, very tiny meal in the morning just yeah. to like get my body used to it. And our bodies sometimes give give us kind of mixed and wrong wrong signals about what we need. And I would say that this might be the case when there are, there are wrong signals, especially if you feel like eating a lot in the evening. Not a lot, but like more kind of earthy like root vegetables and beans you know mm. that puts you like just like grounding food yeah but this depends also on the season like during winters obviously I eat more uh, but summertime and if I'm in a really tropical country it's like I just I could thrive on coconut water and fruit and then of course I, I just want my like rice and potato in the evening mm. that's like I could never be a raw vegan I've tried it and like vata went through the roof and I could not sleep and I could not do anything so it's just like yeah it's interesting yeah that's understandable I mean very yeah I already feel that's understandable uh I would do some changes yeah some kind changes you know when we take on too much sometimes instructions from the outside or from some tradition it gets overwhelming and then we cannot even follow the guidelines because there's just too much and change always requires effort and energy so yeah baby steps yeah cool okay so the day continues right Mm -hmm. So With now we've a lot eaten, of interruptions. Yeah, we've eaten our biggest meal, <laughs> which is the lunch. And then some work again. And at 2 p.m. the time switches again. And now it's butter time from 2 p.m. until 6 p.m. So this is the time of movement again. And During these hours, people usually are either very creative and like to do stuff or active, go uh, to run or to their hobbies after work, or then they are um, exhausted from the day during these hours. Um, And this is a good time to move, you know, because Vata Dosha is predominant, so it's, it's good to find some movement and some work as well and then spend time with the family and that's what I do but I have a little bit different schedule since the work of a yoga teacher is actually yeah uh, very irregular messed up a little yeah a little messes things up yeah let's say that (laughs) so um it's very uh irregular and actually causes quite a lot of vata imbalance to be honest okay to travel from you know one studio to another and all around the town and also usually like the classes are at night or mini right yeah in super early morning or super late late evening yeah so that's tricky because you would need to or it's good to have the last meal 
around let's say between five or seven depending at what time you're going to sleep because Ayurveda tells you to go to sleep around 10 and that's because from 6 p.m to 10 p.m that's the coffee predominant uh, time and that that's when you are getting slower and get kind of sluggish I mean most of us get slow during evening time and the yeah so it's good to go to bed during coffee time, so before 10. But as a yoga teacher, that's usually impossible because your last class might end up at nine. And also for those people who don't have regular working times. So it's tricky, but what I, what I like to think is that we do our best and... We kind of take the take on the instructions or the guidelines that we can. Right. So as close to ten as you can. You can see the difference if you go to bed at ten or at eleven. You can really feel it the next day usually. Yeah, and um, so to sleep with an empty stomach, not hungry, because you won't be able to sleep, but also not like. I just ate the biggest grounding meal of, <laughs> you know, my yeah. my day and then to sleep. I think it's a problem because many of us eat a really heavy meal in the evening. And then when you go to sleep, the digestions kind of also goes to sleep. And then you wake up and it's like still there. And then you're not like me. You're not hungry in the morning yeah. because like my burrito is still in my belly <laughs> or burritos. And people like to talk about detox a lot. So if you eat your last meal at, let's say, eight or seven, okay, that's a bit late. So let's say seven. And then, of course, you can have a little snack if you're super hungry when you're going to bed. If you go to sleep at 10 and then you eat your breakfast, uh, let's say at eight, that's actually pretty many hours of not eating. So the body kind of got a natural... Um, like a fast. Yeah, like yeah, like a yeah, like a fast during that time. So you don't need to be is it a fast or a feast or how how do you pronounce it? I don't even know. Fast. Yeah. So you don't need to be stressing about that doing that, you know, yeah. once a month or something like that when you your body does it every day naturally, like this. And I've heard that that's from where breakfast comes from breaking the fast. Mm. I've never heard that, but yeah. it makes Mind sense. Mind blown. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what? Yeah. I heard so much sarcasm in it. <laughs> no, no, no. No. Uh, <laughs> no, it's good. Um, I had no idea of that. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't know, but I'm going to use that and steal that from you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> so what about like because you said that you used Ayurveda to heal yourself or to kind of like treat yourself um, when you had the heartburn and you can treat a lot of things right with with Ayurvedic practices um, like we were talking about like um, oral health for instance and, mm -hmm. and cavities you can really uh, you know kind of <sighs> Well, with, with doing oil pulling and tongue, tongue scraping and taking care of your oral health, you can really, um, what's the word? Like, uh, <laughs> anyways, my, my brain is kind of doing these loops, but, but you can, so you can prevent 
cavities and, and have this precaution in many, many, many ways. But when would you say, like, where's the line in terms of like using this Eastern, um, well, philosophy or science? And when would you like tell someone to instead go to see, like, this is a hard question, but a Western um, maybe doctor or health, you know, practitioner instead of Ayurveda? Like, is there, I guess what I'm asking is, is there something you're like Ayurveda cannot treat or do you think Ayurveda can treat anything? Well, this is the trickiest question of them all, I think, because uh, especially we live in Finland and here uh, the uh, alternative medicines, they're not regulated in any way. Um, and it's, this is pretty tricky to be honest and um but i i th- i i think well <laughs> what ayurveda can treat is a lot of thing and it can prevent a lot of uh illnesses i know that there are people who um kind of well not against of course the uh, western medicine but I know that they're pretty critical towards it but I would say my personal opinion is that we need a collaboration between uh, these alternative supportive uh, medicines and the western medicine like we need to work together that's like my message for the entire Finnish society, like people, we need some collaboration here. Things are not black and white. That's the big problem with, I think, any, like many of us is that we, again, put things in a box and this is how it is. And it's so black and white and we can't really see another person's opinion. And even like just in the, if I come from a personal personal experience is like in the yoga teacher teaching world we have like different types of yoga we have vinyasa and yin and ayengar and ashtanga and embodied flow and da 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 and da 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 and every person thinks that they or many are like this is the yoga this is the right yoga this is the but there is no right yoga They're all right. (laughs) They're all right. And you can use tools from every single one of them and it's not so black and white. Yeah. And like maybe also with Ayurveda, it's just like such, you know, in in lack of a better term, but it's such a great tool. Like, Like you said, like I, for instance, I'm very into the subtle body and energetics and Um, I like to talk about the chakras, the energy centers as a tool or a map to kind of understand yourself and life better. It's the same with Ayurveda, just another kind of tool in the toolbox, right? Mm-hmm. So, and there's definitely room for it. Like there is room for it. And 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 as in terms of prevention and, you know, we could all benefit from being more aware of our bodies or body types and how we can heal ourselves like before those pills come in before those prescription drives like before we run and just like pharma 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 and it's more and more people are luckily you know awakening to this that you know 
nutrition is a huge part, obviously rest and sleep, recovery and all this, but it's still a huge um, issue <laughs> issue, and a huge like kind of field. There's a lot of work to be done and and hopefully like your message is, is being heard and coming out. And I mean, definitely want to spread that message because we can all benefit from it. Yeah, that's true. And I know it's tricky because I have some doctor friends and I've been talking with them and sometimes the discussion is pretty, I mean, you need to be really mindful when you discuss about this because sometimes feelings are heated because there there are some cases in Finland that, you know, somebody tried to um, cure the cancer with angels or something like that. So I might believe that's, work, that's working. I'm, I'm not telling my personal opinion whether I believe it or not. But we have some cases and those cases are causing quite a heat um, among the doctors, of course. And it's troubling for, yeah, it, it's troubling, troubling. It's I, like, oh, sorry. It's just like Julia said, like it's becoming more divided and polarized instead of finding that common ground. Yeah. It's yeah. also the other way around, like us who are more towards the holistic approach and we see like people are suffering so much from uh, meds like because they're just popping pills for every single issue they have in the body and it's just so heavy on the liver and the whole system and the hormones and everything so again we need to work together and see the beauty in in both that's true that's my opinion so it's very hard to say when one should visit um whoever, uh, whether it's, you know, um, an Ayurvedic coach or I don't know, Homeopath. China, yeah, acupuncture or, but, or, or a Western doctor. But I think it's a good conversation to have with, uh, or the conversation I have with my, um, clients, um, if, if, if they feel like, Or if I feel like there is something like seriously going on or they haven't visited the doctor. But most of the time the cases are so that the people visit the Western doctor uh, pretty early on. Yeah. So that's the thing. Another problem we also have is that our doctors don't get a lot of nutritional um, education. education at all, actually. Yeah, in high school. I think... A lot of our illnesses and sickness has roots in digestion and how we eat, unfortunately. And we've become so just, we don't know even the source of our, like what we eat sometimes. We just like, some people just eat, not free meals, but... Mm. <laughs> um, Mike, like, ready. What's mm, that? Really fast food. Fast, fast food. And um, it's, yeah, it's a really important conversation to have, as you said. And um, it's also hard because people need education and they need to take charge of their own health. And we can't really depend on, like, yeah, as, again, we can use different tools, but what we need is to really kind of educate ourselves Right. And even like what you said, Julia, about like doctors getting education in in nutrition. Um, I'm not actually, I don't know how it works in Finland, but I know it in the States, they do not get any, any education in nutrition. Um, 
And even if, if like, if they do, or like, I remember back at school when I was a kid and when we were taught about what to eat, like even the chart is all skewed. Like it's messed up because they tell you to eat a bunch of dairy and cheese, like milk, drink milk, 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 milk. What? And even when we were kids, I don't know, like if you remember, but like all the, the ads with, uh, like a, a ice hockey pe- ice hockey player in Finland with the milk, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like milk is so processed and I mean, not good for you. Many people are even lactose intolerant without them um, being aware of it. But anyways, just like as an example, how it's a lot of propaganda, a lot of ads, and we're so conditioned to it since a very early on. And even to kind of think outside of that box and what we've been taught is, can feel kind of, well, challenging or different or confusing. And And I think we're not saying that you shouldn't eat cheese or milk because I mean, we also use like (laughs) dairy products and I have started to use ghee also. I really feel like that's, um, oils are hard on my body. Ghee is easily digestible for me, to be honest. And I've, I was a hardcore vegan for many years. Uh, so I can't believe I'm even saying this, but, um, yeah, I, I think it's actually been more beneficial for me. Um, what I'm trying to say is that, uh, if we look at the vegan nut milks and oatly, for instance, Jesus Christ, that's not natural either. Mm-hmm. It's like, basically there's like canola oil in them. Is that then, because I know that Ayurvedic, um, they use, I've heard that heat, milk heated, it, it changes like some kind of structure and they say when that it can... When you pasteurize it, right? Right. Yeah. No. No. Or, or it goes to, um, I mean, milk, well, Ayurveda has a lot of say, a lot of things to say about milk. Yeah. A few points, milk should not be eaten with your meals, separate from your meals. It messes up the agni again. So uh, milk is not an hour before or an hour later, you know, don't drink water when you're eating. Um, And then some Ayurveda knows some um, bad food combinations um, that actually create toxins in the body, Mm -hmm. ama toxins. Um, and, um, for example, bananas, uh, and, um, milk are a bad combination. Uh, so if you drink, what is the mango? I mean, smoothies. That's like a yeah. lot of people do like banana. Yeah. Wow. Indeed. So if you start your day with that, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like, I just, from my heart, switch it up. Don't, please. I mean, you'll when you take a break, you probably start to notice that oof, caused something. And if 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 you have digestional issues or something like that, you'll probably notice it pretty quickly. But um, and then yeah, milk. But milk is also used uh, because it's quite, um, it's calming. It's quite heavy the quality of it of it is quite heavy it's it, it's not yeah. seen as light 
Um, so in the evening you could use it uh, if you have sleeping issues. You could use it with some her- herbs uh, to sleep. Yeah. Or But also, do you heat it up because yeah, that's what I was trying to They don't really ever drink milk like we do like a cold glass of milk they always it's yeah. like a more like chai lattes like it's warm and it's that soothing calming again like yeah. you said well, what right. about like the quality of milk i'm just thinking like the quality of milk is very poor like when you go to, to a grocery store and buy like the the packaged milk like it's again no bueno like it's yeah because it's pasteurized yeah. there it's like all the nutri- nutrients are basically burnt away right what if you would go for organic yeah or if you have like cows as neighbors then like maybe go to the dude and ask for raw milk that's raw um organic milk yeah ayurveda always recommends you to eat fresh food right. uh as close as possible by close i mean so that it is produced naturally and close so because people ask oh how can you practice this indian ayurveda science in finland you cannot eat you cannot live like the indians well um actually you can adjust uh the science you don't need to have a doll for everything yeah yeah and i don't need to have like indian food on every meal better finish right because i live here so natural close by food yeah so that's that's the case is there anything you want to add about ayurveda i think we should have you on another for another and another episode to go even deeper because this is such a broad subject and there's so much more this is like yeah, i feel like we only touched the tip of the iceberg yeah. berg but this is a really <laughs> really interesting like, so this is a great introduction yeah to the world of Ayurveda. This is like a scratch. Yeah. You know, of <laughs> So we need to have you on again. Yeah. Well, we um we basically talked about we talked about a lot about the body, body types and something about the doshas and I told that they're important in everyone's body. So we shouldn't think the Ayurveda or Ayurveda only the way that I'm Pitta, I'm Kapha. It's a wide uh tradition with a lot of knowledge. Ayurveda even has, you know, even can tell you the stages of disease, how disease is born. Mm. And if you understand that, then you can understand why Ayurveda is such a great and powerful tool in preventing illnesses and in promoting overall health. So... There are a lot of things to understand. We talked about Dinacharya as well. Yeah. And a little bit about the seasons. But we like like Eva said, just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. I think we need to have you on to <laughs> like touch upon maybe the prakriti prakriti of Yeah, and the Vrikriti, the imbalance, yeah. like how to recognize the imbalance. We could we could talk about that, for example, like how to recognize yeah. your imbalance. So this can be like part one with mm-hmm. yeah. Eve. Yeah. Can I call you Eve? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm always I mean, giving these new nicknames. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I've I've been, you know, as I've I've lived in Mexico, I've been I don't know, I've been called 
with many names. Uh, we have that in common. Mexico. Yeah, Mexico. What was it? Evita? Evita, yeah. yeah. That was my Mexican I was Evelia many times. Evelia? Evelia. Evelia. How can we, how can we find you? You can find me on my webpage, which is evelinaholm.com. And um, it's in Finnish, mostly. And you can find me on Instagra- Instagram. Uh, Sana Evelina is my name yeah. there or my account. We'll again put all the links. And do you do one-on-one sessions? I do. Of course, uh, it's a bit tricky now during the situation. But you can do online maybe um, if people are interested or? Well, I've done one consultation online so far, uh, but um, I already... C- consultants or I'm, I'm more of a life coach I already life coach I still uh, have a lot of study like a lot of studying to do because this is such a wide uh, wide uh, tradition but um, yeah they can book one-on-one consultations but the problem with the on- online consultation is that you need to take the pulse and kind of see and mm. also touch the person right. to feel and like to really see and the camera lies a lot so you cannot really see the oh, person yeah, actually the eye to eye like the already coach observes as well your behavior and every movement that you do and needs to see your tongue and your okay. nails so it's pretty tricky online but I'm, I'm, I think I'm starting that again during fall. I just graduated when this, when this whole thing started. So it's Congratulations. like, <laughs> thank Yay. you. I'm an Ayurvedic life coach. We are very excited to have yeah. you here. So thank happy. You. I was so happy to be here. Yeah. It was and then the best. we just have one more question. Last, 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 last question before oh we God. finish and wrap it up. And this is something we ask all Everyone. of our guests. What does self-worth mean <clears> to you? <throat> Oh my God. Well, self-worth for me is what I think about myself, like how I see myself. And lately I've been studying uh, classical Tantra and it has been giving me so great tools for this. Um, But... The way I think about myself and the the way I want or allow others to treat me, I I've been told many times that I'm good with boundaries. So it has a lot of a lot of to do with that, right? You are very good with boundaries. There it is again. (laughs) I I feel like you were one of the first persons who kind of like kicked me in the ass and like, dude, you got to step up and just like ask for the money that you're worth. Yeah. And I remember once you were like, I don't want other people. You you said to me that I don't want other people to put a price on me. I'm the person who puts the price on myself and my own crafts. And I was like, wow. Yeah, it's super powerful. Uh, and you've done a great job. <laughs> so I, I, I think uh, it's a practice. <laughs> it's a pra- It's a practice every day. And I think I, I need to thank one of my my dearest friends for this, who was speaking up for this as well, that you need to step up for yourself uh, financially um, and 
every other way, you know, yeah. as well. Uh, yeah, that's that's self worth for for me as well. I, I'm not always good with boundaries. Like I have, I I let. There are some people in my life who I let treat me um, however they want. But during the last year, I've actually kind of stepped up and said, this is my game, by yeah. the way. <laughs> I, I, this is my game. I make the rules. It's my yeah. life. So very, very wise words. Thank you so much. And yeah. thank you so, so much for showing up and being a guest here and talking and sharing your wisdom. Thank you. We hope to have you soon again on. And and just to all our listeners, please shoot us a message. You, you can sh send a voice message on Anchor, the app, uh, with any feedback, questions, comments, or even um, if you have a wish or a request for a guest, we're open to that as well. Make sure to go and check out Evelina Holm. We'll have all the links in the descriptions. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.